directing a counseling ministry on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me a dear friend, Ernie Baker. So grateful for this brother. Ernie's been married to Rose, and the Lord has blessed them with six wonderful children, 11 grandchildren. Uh, He has the privilege of serving the Lord at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, as the pastor of counseling, supervision, and equipping. In addition, he's had the privilege of chairing the online undergraduate degree in biblical counseling at the Master's University serving as an adjunct in the graduate program in counseling and as director of training for overseas instruction in counseling. He's the author of Mary Wisely, Mary Well, also a booklet, Help, I'm in Conflict, and Help, Disability Pressures My Marriage. He's also contributed chapters to five other books and written a lot of journals and magazine articles as well. Ernie certified with us here at ACBC. He's also a fellow and a conciliator with the Institute for Christian Conciliation. Brother, thank you for being here and having a conversation about counseling ministry. Thanks, Dale. It's always a blessing. Yeah, looking forward to this. I think this is going to be very practical, very helpful for those who are either in the position of directing counseling ministry or thinking of doing something just like that. So let's talk on that level, if we can, Ernie. What have been your overall goals in establishing a counseling ministry? So a little bit of history. I was uh, minding my own business seven or eight years ago when Heath Lambert called me, and I was actually giving a final exam at the Masters, and when I saw that Heath was calling, I walked out onto uh, the patio there from the classroom while my students were suffering, and uh, Heath said, I'll get right to the point. I need you in Jacksonville. Would you help me? And so uh, Rose and I had already been praying about how could we go to a local church and help a local church do what we were teaching in theory in the classroom at Masters. So that was a main motivation for going and helping Heath at First Baptist. And when we went, the uh, church had been an integration counseling ministry. And so we were really establishing a biblical counseling ministry from the, the ground up. And the goal was always not just to have a counseling center, which we do, but how do we equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and have shepherding care spread throughout the whole congregation and not just a, a referral, mm-hmm. internal referral model? Uh, the church had been operating under an external referral model, uh, referring out to psychologists and then had a psychologist and others on staff. Uh, but we really wanted to have a vision of what do we do to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and how do we get one anothering happening in the body so that those have been the overall goals mm-hmm. over the last six years i think as people hear that most people would say man that's exactly what i want and sometimes they may jump into counseling ministry and they, they try to achieve those things but there are some necessary portions that have to be done in order to make all of that run well there are some logistical things that have to happen. We have to think through the process of how does a person get from out there to in here for us to be able to care for them. There's a way in which that happens. And some of the ways that you you set up a counseling ministry is through proper policies and procedures and those sorts of things. So talk for just a second about 
how you've used policies, procedures, protocols in a significant role in your training and organization. We've been really concerned about making sure what we do well because of the model that we wanted to be for for our family as Southern Baptists mm-hmm. and the SBC. We want to really be a model for doing things well. And plus the days we're living in are really serious days with counseling issues. So it became really obvious to me that we just can't fly. Really early on, we can't fly by the seat of our pants, yeah. and we can't just let everybody do what's right in their own eyes. Yeah. Every staff member handling issues different from one another. So we put a lot of effort into writing a policy manual, policies, procedures. We have uh, uh, 16, 17 basic statements on common counseling issues. Uh, what do we believe about divorce and remarriage? Uh, what do we do? What do we believe about counseling minors? And trying to get the whole staff and our lay counselors unified on why we think of what the way we do. And then even more serious issues like crisis marriages or domestic abuse, we've come up with protocols to get the whole team unified. What forms need to be filled out? We live in a litigious culture, so we want to make sure we're protecting. We not only love people, but we love the ministry. So we have to protect people in the proper ways, and we have to protect the ministry in proper ways. So loving people and loving the organization of First Baptist Church, so that meant we had to get it organized. Mm -hmm. So we have a whole policy procedures manual that we ask all of our counselors to to read, and we're happy to share it. Mm -hmm. So, Well, I'm going to ask you for that address. I've read through some of these, and I'm just telling you, I think that they're very, very helpful. You guys have thought through a lot of these. Some of some of the policies have been encouraged by cases that you've had that you've had to work through and think through biblically. Uh, I think this would be a huge help for them. So where can they find those things, Ernie? Well, we don't have it online. I don't want to, maybe in the show notes, we can put an email address or, or something. No, we can definitely do that. I do think they would be helpful just in categories for people to think through that maybe they've not encountered a case like this or like that, whatever that might be. And I think those things would be very helpful. We also have state laws in there, just some of the common Florida state laws and Georgia, because we've had overlap between Florida and Georgia. We've had some of the most common things that our counselors need to know about legally. We have that included in our manual. That's great. Now, we also have to remember doing ministry is pouring ourselves out. If you think of Jesus and the description of him in Philippians 2 and what we're called to be as we live selflessly for the sake of of another, preferring others. Counselors do that. Uh, how do we? How do? How do you think about caring for your counselors well? And then, you know, how do? How do you do oversight with so many cases that may come through a, a counseling ministry like that? So the Lord has uh, blessed us uh, by the grace of God. Uh, we've grown. I think when we first went there, we had something like in the high twenties of a caseload, and we had a backlog of three months of cases. We're now running, I haven't checked recently, but it, it wouldn't be unusual to have a 100 to 120 active cases, and not all of them are coming through the counseling ministry, and we now have 40-some people counseling. So what that means practically is I, I can't keep up with all those cases. So we've structured the ministry so that every three to five counselors have what we call an advisor, 
and then I meet with the advisors to hear to keep up with what's going on in the cases. But one of the questions I always ask the advisors is how are they doing spiritually? How are they doing emotionally? And we try to be careful with the caseload, too, of how many they're managing, which is an interesting question, of how many cases any individual counselor should handle at a time. So I try to check in with them spiritually, and then I ask them to be checking in with their counselors just to see how they're doing, because it is a draining training ministry, and I speak from experience mm -hmm. of just what the early years there and being one of the only certified counselors mm -hmm. there and the intensity of the cases, it, it was having a, definitely was having a residual effect. So I want to make sure we're taking care of our counselors well and managing how many cases they, they actually have. Yeah, I, I think that's so wise, Ernie, because in our eagerness, to do ministry, we can find ourselves spreading spreading ourselves too thin. And so, man, I think that's so wise. Let's think about this in relation, not just the counselors that have been trained, maybe they're certified for ACBC, they're, they're working with you guys, but you have other ministry staff. So you're not encouraging just counselors to do this. You're, you're encouraging your ministry staff to do this. So what role do the other ministry staff play in the overall counseling ministry? How does that work? So because of the what we believe about pastors being shepherds. We believe every shepherd should be involved in counseling ministry. So it would be an oxymoron to say that there's a pastor who's not doing soul care. It just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. biblically or philosophically. So we have all pastors involved with soul care, which means we want to make sure they're really equipped. So every pastor on our staff has finished ACBC certification or is in process of finishing ACBC certification. And in fact, every ministry staff member, so we have some female full-time ministry staff members, and they have all become ACBC uh, certified. Mm -hmm. And thank the Lord, not all cases now are having to come through the counseling center because these other pastors have become equipped. They're handling within their departments, they're handling their own counseling mm -hmm. now. So it used to be an internal referral model where if somebody had a marriage case within the adult education department mm -hmm. of the church, it got referred to the counseling center. Well, that's not happening as much now because the pastors are shepherding their own people within their mm -hmm. ministry, and we are training the lay leaders within those ministries mm -hmm. how to do lower-level care so that it doesn't fester and become a counseling center issue. Man, that's so great. and. Multiplied ministry, and, and I love that, how you're breaking it down into different spheres. You're going to touch more people that way as well. Now, I can see this happening, Ernie, where people are listening. They're excited about what they're hearing from First Baptist Jacksonville. They get on your website. They look, and they see, man, this place is massive. It's such a big church. They have so many resources. Uh, of course, they can run something like this and be really organized and all that. What about us us folks who are in much smaller churches? So how, how would you take some of these same principles and apply them in smaller churches. Yeah. So I would say to my brothers who are pastoring the typical American church, which is my background, by the way, this is the largest church I've ever been part of. The same things that we're doing at a larger level, the same principles apply if it's a church of 100 or 150. And I would say to my brothers who are pastoring a smaller church, you, I know you have a hard time imagining doing this, but you've got to take the time to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and not just be doing it all yourself and be praying for people that you can pour your life into and equip 
especially if you're a solo pastor, you need female counselors trained. And for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. one is to protect your integrity. Uh, you've got to get some women mm-hmm. uh, trained in the church. But uh, pour yourself into some people and start bringing them to conferences. Start pray for people to become interested in the ACBC process. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the Lord will help you with that. We've structured our ministry. We have, we call it the pyramid of care. And we have four levels of care, with four being the most intense. And we've defined them what is a level one, level two, level three, level four issue. And we're training every Sunday school teacher and care group leader in our church to be able to handle level one and two issues. And then certified counselors and pastors handle the level three and four issues. So the same philosophy could work in a small church of I've got to get lay people trained to handle the level one and level two issues. And it can be as simple as uh, learning how to use some of the little counseling booklets. Uh, We pretty much exclusively use the Shepherd Press series help mini books. And the reason I like those is because in the back of every booklet, there are questions. And you don't even have to be a trained counselor. You can sit down and read through the booklet with somebody in your Sunday school class on their marriage or conflict or what addictions, whatever it is, and then you can work through the questions in the back without even having to be a full-blown counselor. So we're training all of our lay people how to use those booklets so that, and what I keep saying to them is, if maybe if you have that conversation now, five years from now, they're not going to be in the counseling center mm-hmm. because the issue hasn't festered. Yeah. So I, I would just urge my brothers who are pastoring smaller churches to think in the same way and that there's wisdom in investing in a few people to help carry the load in ministry. Yeah, I think you'll be doing yourself a favor. You're paying it forward, so to speak, and, yes. and the health of your church overall uh, will benefit. Well said, Ernie. Very, very good. And you're too modest to do this, but I don't mind doing it. You can find training if you're in North Florida, South Georgia, anywhere in that area. First Baptist Church, their Grace Counseling Center, you can find some of the events that they do. I would encourage you, uh, take your people there, be encouraged. They're a training center of ACBC. All of that counts towards certification. So enjoy what the Lord is doing there through some of their training and uh, and, and participate. Take some folks there. I think it would be helpful. Thank you, brother, so much for, for your help here. Thanks. Great to be with you. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, one of the more frequent questions that I receive is uh, questions related to our topic today about counseling centers wanting help, wanting direction on policies and procedures. And uh, Ernie and his work down at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, they've been so gracious to let us see an example of their policies and procedures, a lot of the things that we talked about today on the podcast. And you're going to find those in the show notes. So I want to encourage you to, to avail yourself to that resource, to go and look at a, a good example of how policies and procedures should be laid out. And you can find that in our show notes from today. I also want to mention to you, it, we are entering into our CDT season, Counseling and Discipleship Training, where we do uh, training around the country in different places. Our first one coming up is August 20. 25th and 26th in Kingsburg, California. So if you're in the area and you have been delaying, procrastinating to sign up, you've been looking for training, I want to encourage you, go to our website, find this training, 
sign up. We want to see you there. Take the fundamentals. If you've taken fundamentals before, there will be advanced training as well. August 25th and 26th, Kingsburg, California, Grace Church of the Valley. We're looking forward to being there with you. Go find out about that event and many more at biblicalcounseling.com. Thank you.